The Open Book on cliffcentral.com. I'm going to start off the show today with uh, with a quote by Pete Wentz. It says, "Just because today is a terrible day doesn't mean tomorrow won't be the best day of your life. You just got to get there." And on that note, or rather or rather that quote, good day to you all and welcome to The Open Book with myself Luis Obala right here on Cliff Central. Now, We've all heard this question in uh, numerous times, and the question is, why would a God who is all good, all knowing, and all powerful allow bad things to happen to good people? And we can also turn the question around and ask, why would an all good, all knowing, and all powerful God allow good things to happen to bad people? It's a question that's asked in utter innocence by people who just genuinely want to understand because what seems impossible, really just what seems impossible to understand. And some of them have suffered or know people who have suffered great grief or loss. Now, the critics of Christianity would respond that God is either not all-knowing, not all-powerful, or not all-good. I would say that the question is actually probably more difficult and confusing for the non-believer than it is for the Christian. One of my guests, um, a repeat guest, Pastor Tafara Butaye, he wrote a book called Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And that is actually our topic today. Why do bad things happen to good people? So as I was reading this book, um, I soon realized that bad things don't have to happen to us all the time because God has already given us the tools and the power to avoid these. The problem is is that we just don't use these tools or this knowledge. And hence, um, the Bible says that my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. But there are, of course, I mean, just extreme cases, such as those of my other guest, uh, Vanessa Khosin, uh, and and Lloyd Kleller, who most of you will know, that these cases are just like absolutely just just unavoidable, just no matter how spiritual or word-filled we are. Vanessa was in jail for 16 years for a crime that she didn't commit. Um, just the other day, I went to go visit one of my cousins and a husband who've just lost their 21-year-old baby. And this is a similar story to that, um, to that of Lloyd Kleller, who I'm going to have just on the phone a little bit later on in the show. But there are also some cases of women who have been infected by um, by HIV by someone who raped them. I mean, really, really, just 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 terrible stories. And I've got to say that these cases are just so hard to fathom, and I can't even begin just to understand um, <laughs> just the strength that one must have just to be able to pick themselves up again from these situations. But thanks be to God. That's what First Corinthians chapter fifteen verse verse fifty seven says. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the hope of glory. I don't know what I would be or what decisions I would have made if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. For even the great Saint Paul, um, who wrote the, a third of the of the New Testament. Um, he lets us in on a, on a chronic pain. It's like he speaks about like some sort of a thorn that um, that he has to endure um, throughout his ministry. That's like on the side that he wishes that God could just take out. But by the power of God, um, who he describes as the strength in his weakness, he makes this famous victory speech. He says, I have fought an excellent fight. I have finished my race and I have kept my faith. Now, I believe that if Paul can... So can you.
So whatever it is that you're going through today, just keep the faith. Our topic today is simply titled, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? This is The Open Book with myself, Lois Obala, right here on Cliff Central. The Open Book on CliffCentral.com Once again, second week running, we've got uh, Pastor Tafara Butai with us, who is uh, the lead pastor, the senior pastor of, uh, of Faith Hill Church in Four Ways. Pastor uh, Pastor Farah, a warm welcome to you And thank, thank you so you. much for coming back on the show Thank you, Loisa, and uh, thank you for having me back Yeah So excited to be here <laughs> So, um, I, I, I know that when you were here, I said that we are going to uh, you, uh, We're going to come back to the subject Because I saw that you wrote, the, you wrote a book which is, uh, which is titled, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People Right And um, I really kind of thought that it was probably going to be like in, in in another two weeks, but after having read your book, I was like, we need to tackle this subject right, right now because it's needed <laughs> right now. Yes, it is. So um, so yeah, and we've got a few guests today. So I thought, you know, instead of playing a song, let's just get right into it. Right. Um, I did put some questions together while reading your book, and and um, and it would just be nice just to hear it from the man himself. Right. You know, as they say, from the horse's mouth. So the first question is. You start your book off describing the purpose of man. Um, in other words, what we are. Or what we were created for Right um, So firstly, what is the purpose of man? And secondly, how important is it that we should understand this? Uh, just a, a brief background on why I wrote the book I mean, being a pastor and yeah. uh, dealing with people And also being a, a person in the uh, in the world uh, with family uh, I, I've lost several members of my family And uh, 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 being a pastor, I deal with issues and you know, just terrible issues sometimes in people's lives. This question, why do bad things happen to good people, had haunted me for a very long time. And I kept yeah. going to God and asking the question, you know, why do these things happen to good people? And that's the reason why I ended up, you know, writing the book. And um, just to answer your first question, I think the purpose of man is vitally important if we're going to understand uh, what's happening in the earth and where we stand. The Bible says in Genesis chapter number one, verse 26, then God said, so create the creation of the earth and man was God's idea. And what did he say? He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And he said, let them have dominion. In other words, he told us the purpose why he had created man. He said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. So God created man to have dominion over all the earth. Yeah. Now, in simple English, that word dominion means control or authority over a sovereign territory. So what did God do? God gave the earth to mankind. The Bible says in Psalms 115 verse 16, the heavens and the heavens belong to God, but the earth has he given to the children of men. Mm. So the purpose of mankind was to be in charge, basically, in the earth realm. And yeah. um, almost every individual in the earth realm understands this principle, and especially unbelievers. That's why we have all these pressure groups that are calling for us to protect our environment because we finally realized we are in charge, and if we don't do anything about it, no one will. But it's not only, I mean, it's not only just the, just the, just the environment. In other right. words, the things that we see, but it's right. also control over situations. Exactly. And it boils down to our personal lives as well. We have control over, uh, what happens, uh, to us 
and around us based on this uh, scriptural principle. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love your analogy of prayer and uh, and the manifestation of prayer in right. the in the physical. In other words, when we pray, and then um, the distance between uh, between the prayer being manifested. Right. Um, because a lot of us, you know, we sort of lose hope just just way too soon. Right. So we pray for something, and then and then when it doesn't happen, we really just kind of lose hope. Right. So could you please just um, yeah just chat to us briefly about uh, just about this? And uh, while God gave you know mankind uh, dominion over the whole earth, He also left like uh, if you will a hotline, which is our prayer yeah. for us to invite Him into our situation. Uh, a gentleman by the name of John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist Church, once said, uh, God does nothing in the earth realm except in response to prayer. See, God is a gentleman and he's not going to budge into uh, the affairs in the earth realm because he's put us in charge. He yeah. waits for us to invite him in on the issues that we have in the earth realm. And the way we invite him in is by using that hotline, which is called prayer. Mm. Now, going to the question that you've asked, the Bible says in First John chapter number 5, verse 14, that it is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions or the things that we have asked from God. Now, what does that mean? This means that God answers Every time we pray. Yeah. And if you go to the book of Daniel, you realize that in Daniel chapter number 9, God answered instantly. And in Daniel chapter number 10, it took about 21 days for the answer to manifest. Mm-hmm. And when the angel came to tell Daniel what had taken place, he said, uh, uh, your prayer was answered the very moment you prayed, but it took me 21 days to bring your answered prayer because the prince of Persia wrestled against me. What is he talking about? He's talking about the devil. The devil was trying to fight against this answered prayer to come into manifestation. And uh, this is uh, something that I learned in trying to figure out why bad things happen to good people. I learned that we have an enemy. We yeah. have a four. And his name is the devil. And his greatest deception is to try and make people think that he does not exist. The Bible, in fact, says he goes to and fro as a roaring lion looking for so someone to devour. devour you yeah. know, and, and where the Bible says we must submit to God and resist the devil so that he flees from us. So uh, uh, there is a factor in the spiritual realm, and uh, uh, this factor is called the devil. He tries to stop our answered prayers from coming into manifestation, and he is the one that uh, com- that's coming against us mm. in our lives. He is the one that fights against us. The Bible calls him a thief. And it says he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So yeah. that's his agenda when it comes to everybody. Mm. You know, not only believers. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everybody in the earth realm. And once he gets that opportunity, he's coming. He's coming. And, and yeah. he doesn't play fair. Yeah. And I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, what I really just... um I just love, I mean, really loved about the book, and I kind of mentioned this earlier. Right. Is the fact that you really state the fact that, you know, yes, bad things happen to people. 
Right. But a lot of the bad things that happen to people, obviously, mm. you know, later on, when I speak to, uh, to Vanessa and, and, um, Vanessa Hosen and Lloyd Kelly, right. we're going to hear about the extreme cases. Right. That, uh, we absolutely have no control over. Yeah. But a lot of the cases we actually do have control over because God has given us the word right. to fight the things that would probably go wrong and the right. things that are wrong. Right. Um, in the world, whether in others or even in ourselves. Amen. Um, so, so as the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Right. And faith is um, is reading the word, is believing the word, and confessing Amen. the word. Amen. Um, and 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 just as a kid, you know, I um, I grew up uh, when I was a kid. I've heard this said many times that what you confess, mm-hmm. you possess. Right. Um, how important are the words that we speak? You know, to creating prosperity in our lives. When I say prosperity, I don't mean. I don't mean just money, right. but I guess for our, for our lives to prosper right. in all, you know, in all aspects. And, and what should we be? I mean, like, what should we be confessing? I think, uh, confession is vitally important. What comes out of our mouth is vitally important. Again, if we go to the original intent of God creating man, the Bible says, uh, he created us twofold in our, in his image, mm. which is his nature. God is spirit, John 4 24. And he also created us in his likeness, which is his functionality. God is a speaking spirit. He created everything that you're looking at, everything that you see through talking. Yeah. And he deposited the same functionality in us. So not only are we spirits, we are speaking spirits. And the Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, the power of death and life is resident in the tongue. Yeah. So whatever you release from the mouth will come to pass because God deposited that power in your mouth. So it is vitally important uh, that as a child of God, you start using your words to your advantage Don't yeah. use your words I mean, Against you, know what, you. And, and not only just Christians But like even the world And That's um, it. And if you read Some self-help books That's it Which uh we shouldn't be reading a lot of those off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if you read, you know, um, even the self-help books, they speak a lot about, about, you know, the power of the tongue, about the fact that, you know, you need to say things, um, in order to make things, you know, like in, in, in order to make things happen. Oh, yeah. Um, but we know that you can't just say anything and it's going to happen. It needs to be aligned with the word of God. Amen. Because that's God's will and that's the creating, you know, that's the creating word. And the Bible says, um, uh, uh, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart will bring forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart will bring forth that which is evil. And then it says, and from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Wow. So whatever we put in our hearts in large enough quantities will find its way in our mouth and begin to create in our lives. Yeah, that's actually, I mean, like that's actually Proverbs, uh, Proverbs Proverbs 4 verse 23, right. which says, uh, keep your heart with all diligence. Come on. For out of it will spring the issues, the issues of life. Amen. Um, so some of us try to control what it is that we say, right. but actually, but actually we need to control what is already coming into, you know, into, into our, our hearts. hearts. Because by the time you say it, it's too late. If yeah. your heart, you, I mean, like if your heart is filled oh, yeah. with, uh, you know, like with the wrong, what, with the wrong thoughts or the wrong words. Amen. Um, what is this heart and how do we look after it in order to make sure that the good and this abundant life flows from it? I always use this analogy, you know, in teaching about the heart. Um, uh, the Bible says, uh, um, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. This is in Romans 12 too. But be ye transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. mind so that you may prove that which is the good, perfect and acceptable will of God. The mind is the arena of faith. Whatever the mind decides 
comes to pass. And I like, I, I believe that, uh, 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 you know, when we guard our hearts, which is our minds in the New Testament, same mm-hmm. word, when we guard okay. our minds, we get, we get to, 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 to release the life of God, which is already in our spirit. Cause guess what? The spirit and the flesh are always, uh, at odds. The Bible says the spirit wages war against the flesh and the flesh wages war against the spirit. So this, while the spirit is saying I'm healed, your flesh is saying I'm sick. Mm-hmm. So who wins? Since yeah. they're always at odds. I'll mm-hmm. tell you who wins. Whoever the mind casts vote for. So if your mind casts vote for the spirit, which says we are healed, guess what? Healing will find its way in your body. If yeah. your mind casts vote for the circumstances, you know, uh, 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 the impossibilities, the challenges, guess what? As a man thinketh in his heart, so easy. You're not going to produce life because you're already uh, thinking in the realm of limitations. So it is vitally important that we are not carnally minded. The Bible says for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we are supposed to think in line with God's word, in line with the possibilities of God's word. Wow. Uh, Pastor Farah, we, we probably got about two or three, you know, two or three minutes. Um, we're going to take, a, and then we'll take a small little break. Uh, Vanessa Hosen, who was in a Thai jail, that's a jail in Thailand for 16 years, um, is my following guest. Uh, was going to join me right here on the open book. Fascinating story. Um, I got to read the book and I just could not put it down. Um, so before we go to Vanessa, let, let's get a little bit deep into this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Right. Um, so clearly, if we if we follow, I mean, as we have been speaking right now, if we follow and live by the word of God, mm-hmm. we'll save ourselves from many bad, you oh, know, yeah. from many bad things happening to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we prove God to be a good God when we see things like tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis? You know, their children um, who um, who are born, you know, with uh, with deficiencies, the murders, and so on. I mean, mm-hmm. why? If if God is is all powerful, all knowing, mm-hmm. all loving, um, does He allow these terrible things to happen? This is a question that that you know, like that, a lot of people usually ask, especially those it's who true. are uh, who are non-believers who are still listening. And it's a valid question. Mm. Um, I, I believe you know one aspect of God that uh, has been ignored for a very long time is that is the fact that God is just. You know, the God that we serve is just, and uh, because he's just, mm-hmm. we just read uh, from scripture that he uh, gave the earth realm to, to mankind, for uh, for mankind to take charge. And I believe when he did that, he, it is now up to us to cooperate with the earth realm. Now, when it comes to tornadoes and hurricanes, I, I believe, you know, those are just natural circumstances that happen because we live in a fallen world. And yeah. uh, because the devil came into the earth realm, he is the one that uh, came with all those uh, uh, curses when, you know, uh, uh, he took charge basically in the garden. Yeah. So I still believe that God is a good God and in him there is no uh, darkness at all. The Bible says every good and perfect, perfect gift comes yeah. from above from God mm. and in him there is no there is fu- he's full of light and in him there is no shadow of turning. In other words God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't, you know, bless us today and then curse us tomorrow. I believe I, I live by this simple theology. God is yeah. good and is good all the time. The devil is bad and is bad all the time. And and I will not walk away from that. 
I, I trust that God is good. This is why it doesn't matter what I go through, what I lose. I still believe in the end. I'm going to see the, the good in it, you know, because uh, all things will work together for the good. Yeah. If I continue to hold on to God. Thank you so much, Tafara. Uh, please stay with us. Uh, we're going to come back to you later on. Um, later on coming up on the show is, is Lloyd Kele. Fascinating story that I think a lot of people don't actually know what he has been through, uh, the traumatic experience that him and his wife went through actually, um, a few months ago. And, uh, just in a little while, I've got Vanessa Husson, uh, 16 years in a tile jail. This is CliffCentral.com. Choice. Sometimes you have it. And sometimes you don't. AutoTrader gives you the choice. Now you can shop, compare, and buy new cars. Watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy. AutoTrader New Car. The choice is yours. The Open Book on CliffCentral.com. Really, just uh, what an honor it is to have to have Vanessa Horsen with us right here on uh, on the Open Book. Um, since I read a book, I think about about a month ago, I've been wanting just to have her, just to come in and just to tell us her story. Um, she she wrote um, well. There's a book that she wrote together with uh, with another another writer. I don't, I don't have the book here with me, um, and uh, and it's called Drug Mule: Sixteen Years in in a in a Thai Jail. Um, just yeah, just what an amazing story. I think you know, though, obviously just. You know, just heart-wrenching moments, um, listening, well, just sort of listening this, uh, reading this book. Um, so, so yeah, so today we have Vanessa here in studio. Uh, the topic today on the open book is why do bad things happen to good people? But I guess, you know, when it comes to Vanessa, it should be why do terrible things, um, happen, happen to good people? Um, Vanessa, welcome to the open book. Hi, thank you, Loisa, for having me in. And greetings out there to the viewers as well, listeners. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you were you were 21 when when this nightmare when this nightmare took place, um, which would kind of go on for for 16 years. Um, what I mean, like, what were the events that landed you that landed you in jail in Thailand? Um, I had a clothing store uh, in Johannesburg. It was a men's clothing store uh, with my then boyfriend. And he had this friend, his name was Jackson. He would come sell him to the store. But I looked at his clothing, the way he dressed. And I asked my boyfriend if he could just, um, if he could ask him where does he get his clothing from. And when he asked him, he said in Bangkok, in Thailand, get his material. And that is how we started speaking about it. And he really encouraged us to uh, explore the fashion industry in Thailand. And my boyfriend and me decided that I will go. And that's how I end up in Thailand. But while I was there, he contacted me to say he has a brother, Obi, in Thailand. And mm. that he's studying engineering and that he has engineering books for him. Do I mind to bring them to South Africa? I said, not a problem. He brought four A4 hardcover engineering books to me. And um, I paged through one, didn't interest me, put it right back in the bag, went on my shopping spree and returned back to South Africa. And that is when it happened at the airport when they had... Um, a random check when they found the the drugs in the cover of these books. Wow! And so then, I mean, like, so uh, so from the uh, so at that time, so you obviously you obviously didn't get on your flight, and um, and you were taken straight to jail. How many how many months um, until you until uh, you were sentenced? Uh, it took two years uh, before I was sentenced because it really takes a long time. You, 
you, for you to uh, go to court. You don't know when you go to court. It's like every 12 days first. And I didn't understand anything that was said to me because they spoke Thai in, in, in court and I had no translator. Mm. Um, but um, they kept on telling me during that two-year period to not fight my case and to plead guilty because they just executed somebody and I'm guilty until proven innocent in Thailand. And I didn't wow. want to hear anything about that. That is not my drugs. I'm not going to plead guilty. And they said the law is not the same like South African law. Uh, for you to reduce your sentence, you need to plead guilty. And I first court, they gave me a death sentence that was commuted to life. And I appealed to second court. They gave me life again. And they kept on telling me not to fight my case. The third court what caused me to change my plea was when i watched a television program um uh, not a television program when we allowed to watch television for two hours one hour it's about the royal family the other hour is just a tie so and then the officer forgot to turn the television off and we watched an execution of a male inmate and that is what caused me to change my plea because of what i saw how they brought the inmate in cover his eyes with black cloth Put him in a, cu- a cubicle on top of a piece of hood and shot right through the red heart, and that was the end of it. And wow. that is what caused me to change my plea, which I did. And when I went to court, gave the p- piece of paper that was written in Thai, and the judge, he reduced my sentence from life to 35 years. Wow. So, uh, so okay, so I'm just trying to just, just sort of understand, or just for those who may have probably missed it. So, the first one was was a death sentence, yes, and then reduced to a um, to, to a life, life to life, and then after your plea, yes. um, which you, I mean, like after you'd seen this this traumatic, you know, I mean, after you had this traumatic, I mean, you, you just kind of saw how how this how this sort of happens, you know, uh, when one is on the death uh, a death sentence, you then put in a plea, a guilty plea, yes. Um, um, so that because I mean you had a child and 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 you wouldn't know. So you went in pregnant. You were pregnant at the, at the time. Yes, I was. How far are you? Um, how far were I you? I was three months pregnant. You couldn't see anything. I was very small. Um, that is why they didn't believe when I got arrested that I was pregnant. But uh, after the test, they found out that I was, and that is when they moved me to a mother's room. Um, which was quite difficult as well because as being pregnant, you couldn't um, take food in the room. You get locked up at 5 p.m., open up at 6 a.m. And that was quite a, an, an experience being pregnant in a situation like that. And after I was nine months pregnant, they moved me to the prison hospital. Um, the 29th of October, the 31st, 30th of October, I started having pain, which I didn't understand. I was going into contractions, going into labor, having contractions until one lady came and she said, you're having a baby. Panicked. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I had no family. That's my first child until one American lady came to me and she said to me that she gave birth in the prison. Vanessa, this is prison. You're far away from home. You're young. I understand you're scared, but this is not a free world. You need to be in control and you need to remain calm. And when they took me out on the 31st of October to the outside hospital, I had 16 students experimenting. What year was this? That was 1994. She was born in October uh, 31st. Wow. So how old is she now? She will be turning 21 this year. Amazing. Amazing. And um, so, so did your child, I mean, did she stay with you all those years? Uh, they um, had a policy, the entire policy was that you can keep your child up to the age of three. And when she turns three, that she needs to leave the prison. If you don't have any family members who will come and take your, your baby from you, they will put the child in an orphanage. Wow. Yeah. How was that? I mean, how was that experience for you to lose your child at 
At it three. was not easy because she kept me strong. I put all my love into this child. It, she kept me so strong that uh, I didn't allow myself to break down in front of her to see her what I'm going through because yeah. I had to be strong for her. But when they called me in to say the Thai policy has changed from three years to one year, that and she was then turning two and a half years old, and they said she need to leave. And for a mother, you don't want to hear that. I didn't want to be separated from my child. Uh, but because as I knew God and trusted God, went to God, asked God to really uh, grant me freedom with my daughter and take me home with her, but that was not God's will uh, for my child to stay in that place. And the separation was not easy. And when I went to God, God didn't answer. And, and that God said he, has a, he, he wants to use me for his glory in this prison. And this is not a place for a child, which he showed me. It was actually selfish of me for wanting to keep my child in that kind of situation. But as a mother, you just feel you're the only uh, mother that can really love and take care of your child mm. uh, than somebody else would. But um, so there was no other alternative. Ask God's wisdom to really guide me how to prepare an uh, almost three-year-old child that's speaking Thai that she's going to leave me. And she was happy and excited that she's going to South Africa. That made me happy. But I had fear if they would take her away from me by force, that memory, I didn't want her to leave it with a three-year-old. But be- yes. she was so happy. And then my best friend, Melanie Holmes, she flew from Thailand, from South Africa to Thailand with her husband and their daughter. That's almost the same age as my daughter, two months difference. And they asked that they would really want to raise my daughter. So when they came and my daughter had to leave, my daughter was very excited, but just the weirdest thing happened 15 minutes before she had to leave. She looked at the guard and she told the guard in Thai, uh, but Patu opened the gate and, and I looked at her and I asked her, Tamai, why? And she said, uh, Chan Mai Africa Thai Lao, Chan Yukap Mai, meaning yeah. I'm not going to South Africa anymore. I want to be with my mother. Oh, and when she came back inside, I mean, as a Christian at times, we get times where you cannot pray. That you, yes. you know the word of God, but you're in such a state that you just can't pray. I couldn't pray because I was feeling like I'm having an anxiety attack. And as I was standing there, and I just know that there's a name above every name, which was Jesus. Yeah. And I just said, Jesus, please help me. Mm. That she walked in, sat next to me, and she was not concerned. My friend and her husband started crying. And I stood there, and I didn't know what to do. And that's what I called on God. And I just said, Jesus, help me because I couldn't, I couldn't pray. But you know what? God did a miracle in 15 minutes. He changed a three-year-old's heart. That she turned to me and she looked at me and she said, Okay, I will go to South Africa, but you have to come soon. I didn't know how soon that soon is going to be for me. How many years that's going to keep. I I have to wait. Uh, But... um, I just thank God that he changed a three-year-old's heart for her to say she will go to South Africa, but I have to come soon. Wow. How, I mean, how, did, you, how did you even keep your faith to be, to be so strong? Um, because, because Thailand is not, it's not a Christian. No, yeah, it so, is. It's not a Christian country. So where did that come from? Were you always, were you always spiritual going into jail? And, uh, and what made you turn to Jesus, Jesus instead of turning to, to Buddha? Because Yeah. Um, you know, so before I went to uh, Thailand, I had this young girl. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're wondering why certain things happen to us. But, you know, sometimes we're also part of the decisions we make. Yeah. And this lady, she came and she invited me to church. She gave me a pamphlet. And it was two weeks before I went to Thailand. So she came and she gave me a pamphlet. I took it and I said, thank you. And it's like for that two weeks, it's like this lady was torturing me. 
Mm. He slept here two weeks. I always see this lady, and she kept on inviting me to church. Up to the extent I got so frustrated and irritated with her, and I'm thinking, woman, if you want to go to church, go to church. Leave me alone. You know, everything was going well for me. And, yeah, and, and I didn't go. But when I was in prison, and God reminded me of that lady, he gave me Acts 27, verse 10 and 11, where Paul told him, don't go on this journey. There's danger ahead. Yeah. And they didn't listen to Paul. They listened to the captain of the ship because he was steering the ship. So God reminded me, you were your own captain of your own ship and you were steering your own ship. And you rejected not the girl, the lady I sent to you, my child. It was a Paul. You rejected the cornerstone. Mm. And then he went down to verse 21 that stood out to me when, God, when Paul said, if you only would have listened to me in the first place, you would have avoided all this trouble. Yeah. And that hit me so hard that God was reaching out to me. God was trying to warn me what is ahead. But because I was trusting in myself, I was the captain of my own ship, that I actually missed that. And I really cried because I really went through a very difficult time. Yeah. But you said, I mean, like through all of this, through all of this, because as I'm listening to your story and uh, you tell me about your daughter, about how amazing it was that God sort of changed her mind to to be able to go with Melanie, and uh, yeah, it's just because I remember just reading the book and just hearing that that you know like Melanie actually passed away before you, yes, you know like before you got came released, out, yeah. Um, and and I guess you know like for him to to give you the strength for something that youth, I mean like for something that you feel that you in a way sort of laid yourself into. Um, you also spoke in the book about a moment where. Because not all of us are going to be strong, you know. Yeah. And you went through a moment as well, like of great depression. Yes. Um, that's I think that's like slap bang in the middle of the book. Mm. Um, and and can you tell us the story about that and about the person who came to speak to you and how you recovered from that? Um, what actually caused my depression? You know, I was a person who was on fire for the Lord. I really like uh, went into the Word of God, and I was really like, I mean, there's a difference of reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God and getting it to your heart and implementing the Word mm -hmm. of God. I was trained by this lady from America that was my mentor it really got me in the word of God and um, bringing many souls to Christ we started a church uh, that grew in the prison as well we had a lot of persecution that was uh, coming against us but you know when I, I, I submitted my Royal King's Pardon application to the King of Thailand it was made out of documents which asked for leniency from the King of Thailand to yes. reduce my sentence as we did not have a prisoner transfer treaty like Nigeria or like America meaning if you have a death sentence you can't transfer if you have a life sentence you stay 8 years and then you get transferred back to your country yeah. if you have a 99 year sentence down you stay 4 years and then you get extradited back to your country but South Africa did not have this agreement so I went for the the Royal King's Pardon application. After five years in prison, I was, I really trusted God and believed God, I will get that pardon. It took three years for me to get an answer, and that pardon cost money that was paid by a, a lady, uh, was an heiress by in Cape Town, which I did not know. Mm -hmm. And when I got the reply, and they told me that they, the king said no. I'm telling you, I was so disappointed in God. I couldn't believe that this, I couldn't believe that this has happened to me, and that, um, that this has happened to me. And, 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 you know, first thing, the spirit of disappointment into me. You know, the yeah. devil is standing at your door waiting for any opportunity you give him. And we sometimes just kind of like uh, uh, look at different things, how the devil will uh, come in. No, the spirit of disappointment already has given a door to the devil and he, st he stepped in. And uh, as the pastor earlier said about John 10.10, 10, the devil came to kill, steal and destroy. Yeah. And 
And as I was sitting there, the spirit of disappointment entered and I started saying to God, you know, sometimes we're asking God, why? Why is these things happening to me? You know, I'm saying, God, you know, all the, the persecution we're going to be paid tithes in prison and, and, and all we, the sacrifices we're making in prison. I said, God, why is this happening? Yeah, why is this happening? You know, and all we, the work we're doing, I mean, we, or the, what we're offering and sacrificing, you know, I was disappointed in God. And you know, as, as I walked away and then, you know, the devil don't waste time and he say, just, just look at your situation and you know then you don't look through the spiritual eye. You look through the physical eye. I saw my situation exactly the way he told me. The way we slept on an 18-inch space, legs entwined, body to sure. God, breathing into How each other. How many people? How many people in that room? Plus minus 300. In a small in room? In an 80-square-meter room. Wow. With three toilets. Wow. But you have to queue in. It's humid. It's hot. I mean, yeah. it's frustrating. And So anyway, uh, yeah. You were saying, so sort of looking at all of this? Yeah, and, and, and then... The devil just showed that to me and, and, and when I saw that and the suffering and the pain and the people that has died while I was there, self-pity. You know, yeah. when you're in a situation, you feel sorry for yourself. You feel nobody else is going through this except you. You're the only one suffering. Nobody understands you. That's how the devil gets you. Then he started showing me, look at the people who got you in this place. They're living nicely. They're sleeping on bed. You're sleeping on the floor. Uh, uh, look at your situation. Look how you're suffering. Yeah. What happened? Anger. Yeah. I started having anger, I started having hatred, I started having bitterness inside of me because I'm the one suffering here. Mm-hmm. What happened? I turned my back on God. And when I turned my back on God, it was my choice. God doesn't force anybody. I choose to turn my back on God because I was angry and upset with God. And when that happened, it seems like everything was going wrong in my life. Nothing was going wrong. Was right. that when the depression sort of... That's what I didn't realize it was happening. I wasn't aware of the symptoms and what happened. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Lost my appetite. Yeah. I started having the spirit of fear. My mind was running 24-7. I couldn't control it. Rapid heartbeats. Um, yeah. Pain in, in the chest. That feels like my chest is closing up. Suffering from anxiety and panic yeah. attacks. Until I collapsed. End up in hospital. And when I end up in hospital, I actually gave up on life. Wow. I lost hope. I was tired of my situation. I was tired of suffering. I was tired of the pain. The pain was too long. I wanted it to end. Mm-hmm. So I laid there My heart was so hardened Because you know When you fall in depression You reach a stage Where you don't care yeah. And you will pull anybody down That comes in your way Because if you have anger That's what's come out If you yeah. have hatred That's what's come out If you have pain That's what comes out yeah. And so as I was laying there this one lady walked in And she was a Christian She was an inmate She came and she realized this, Recognized this is a woman Who brought many souls to Christ And the devil is busy killing And is destroying her And as I was laying there This lady said to me Vanessa You promised your daughter That you're coming home You're laying here Giving up on life Thinking only about yourself yeah. Sometimes in a situation like that You think only of yourself yeah. And she said You know what You're actually a very selfish person And that really hit me hard I couldn't speak Because um, I was so depleted And because of the hyperventilation I couldn't speak yeah. And I was exhausted in my chest And I'm looking at this woman I'm thinking How does she Can she tell me I'm selfish In a situation like that How I'm laying near death there But you know what She told me the truth And we need people like that In our lives To tell us exactly the truth Your life is a mess Get yourself together And when that lady told me She started praying for me She rebuked the spirit of death And you you know When the devil blinds you He blinds you Even if you knew God But if you have given away For the devil He will really blind you And and, and what happened was When the woman was praying for me I was still stubborn in my heart Thinking that if, if, If um, you can pray until you're blue I really don't care That is how the devil will really blind you And this lady I thank God for her maturity in Christ She took me by my feet She prayed for me When she prayed for me My body got warm I started seeing my daughter's face And the scripture that came out of my mouth And I said I cannot do this It yeah. was Psalms 118 verse 17 I shall not die 
But I shall live to declare the work of the Lord. And when I made the scripture, I cried and I said, Lord, please forgive me. And yeah. God said, you know what? Vanessa, I gave you a scripture and it was Jeremiah 29, 11, that I have a purpose and a plan not to harm you, but to prosper you. Yeah. But he said, if you trusted in me, you wouldn't have fallen into this depression, but you trusted in your pardon. You trusted in the high profile people in the government, people like Desmond Tutu, Ray McCauley and all the different kings who wrote on your behalf. Told your pardon and you was confident that you will get it because of the people. God says, I'm, I'm higher than high, higher yeah. than any other authority. And then I had to ask God forgiveness because my confidence wasn't in God. It was in the yes. people. And then he said, you wanted your will and, and not my way. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And then God gave me Matthew 6, 14 and 50. Say, Vanessa, you need to forgive. If um, you don't forgive, I will not forgive you. So have you, for, I mean, like, have you forgiven? Um, have you found it in your heart to forgive the people who led you to that? You know, it was hard. Make it brief, yeah. Yeah, it was difficult. But you know, when God no, showed me, when I I laid in the hospital and I said to God, "You unfair. Why must I forgive? I'm the one suffering here." Yeah. But when He showed me that those people still have hold of you because of the unforgiveness and bitterness, mm. you're in mm. a physical prison, but yet you're not a spiritual prison. And then God showed to me that your anger, your hatred, your bitterness, your unforgiveness has caused your depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. He said, "You are hurting yeah. and killing yourself." Because and of when unforgiveness. Do you know what, um, you know what Pastor Ray always says? He says, uh, you know, Ray McCauley says, um, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else, you know, like somebody else to die. Yes. Um, I, I mean, we can talk on this, yes. you know, like, um, on, on this forever, but I think it's really just so important that people get the book. It's called Drug Mulled. 16 years, 16 in, years in a Thai prison. In a Thai prison. Yes. The story of Vanessa Hosen. And who wrote it with you? Uh, Joanne Joseph. Joanne Joseph. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect stuff. I mean, like, it's so, it's so well written. All I could hear, um, there was really just, just your voice. Um, I've got another friend on the line, um, Lloyd Kele, uh, who also went through, um, went through him and his family quite through a traumatic experience. Lloyd, are you there? Yes, I'm here, man. How you doing, bro? I'm good, bro. Thank you so much, man. Uh, I yeah, know that. Pleasure. Yeah, I know that it hasn't been a difficult one because you guys haven't really kind of spoken about this, you know, publicly. Um, so, so I really appreciate you just uh, being able to just come onto the onto the open book. Um, now no, I know you. St- yeah, yeah. Now I know your story. Um, I I know your story because I, I obviously you know we're kind of there around this time. But uh, would you mind just kind of sharing with the listeners on on uh, on yeah on just the tragedy that you guys went through with your unborn child? Well, basically, yeah, we we were expecting Tora to arrive um, on the fifth of January this year. Yeah. And right about uh, December, I remember we went for a checkup because we were going to KZN. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that everything was fine. And um, the doctor said, yeah, no, everything is perfect. You guys can go on your trip. And, um, yeah, we're just about just around the corner, you know. Um, so we went down to KZN and we got back about, yeah, about a week after that. We, My wife started feeling like, started just feeling like the baby wasn't moving inside of her, you know, because uh, generally, you know, baby moves within a certain period, like every two hours you start to feel a movement. Yeah. And then suddenly she wasn't getting a movement and um, and everything has just been fine and suddenly she's just not hearing anything, she's not feeling any kick or anything, so she's like, she was worried, concerned, what's been going on, you know. Um, so we decided, let's just go for a checkup, you know, let's just see what's going on. So we go to the doctor. Um, not thinking that there's anything wrong, 
and mm. um, the doctor is there, and he he checks for the baby's heartbeat, and then suddenly he tells us he can't pick up a heartbeat. Wow. We're like, how is that possible? We were here a week ago before we went to KZN. We said everything was fine. How can in just a matter of seven days suddenly? I mean, just two days ago, we just a few hours ago, we could feel the kicking baby was moving. Everything was fine. You know, what's going on? We, our mind was just baffled. Like, what, what, you know, it just couldn't make any sense to us. He says, no, I'm not picking up a heartbeat. So he just kept trying and trying and we brought the nurses. Suddenly, it just, yeah, it was um, just one of those things where it was, it was sudden and then we couldn't understand what was going on and we couldn't understand. So we're asking him for explanations and he can't give us any explanations. He says he doesn't understand himself what's gone wrong. We're doing everything correctly. We're taking all the right medicines. We, Jan is resting. You know, she was yeah. doing everything by the book. I mean, how far were you guys? And, um, how far? How far was she at that time? Like in terms of weeks? Um, geez, um, around I think thirty-four, wow. thirty-five weeks. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, we just baby was already fully formed. You know, yeah. um, baby could have come out at that time, even yeah. that week. You know. Um, baby's weight was quite fine as well. So, but we just we just had to wait because it was a, a season. A bed was booked and everything. We had to wait until the first of Jan. So, um, yeah, we couldn't understand it. We were just completely um, surprised that what's gone wrong, what what happened, mm. and we we and we're asking ourselves, did we do something? I'm asking Jan, did you fall down? Did you hurt? She said, no, I didn't fall. Nothing happened. Mm. So we couldn't understand. We had to just wait until. You know, they take the baby out because doctor said, no, this baby is gone. So baby was still born. And when they took the baby out of the, her, her tummy, the, umbilic- the umbilical cord was wrapped around the baby. Oh, and man. it was like knotted out, it knotted all around. And it was quite badly. And that was the explanation. And doctor told us, no, you know, this is what has happened. Baby was moving in the same direction all the time. And um, th- thus the baby wasn't getting enough oxygen and these things do happen. They are rare, um, but they do happen and you are just unfortunate. And mm. uh, um, and it was just very, very difficult because we were questioning ourselves. We were questioning God. We were like, Lord, what, what have we done wrong? We really wanted this baby so badly, yeah. you know, and we've, we've gone to the extent of preparing the room and getting everything else. We yeah. were ready. We were absolutely ready. Mm. And um, and then to suddenly get this kind of news, it, it really shook our world and it shook our faith. And it put us at a place where we, we, we kind of felt like, hey, you know, you know we, wanna, we were fighting with God. It wasn't just a normal conversation anymore. We were like, Lord, we are set, you know. And I feel... Yeah. And what's, I mean, like, what out. sort of... Um, what, um, yeah. And how did... I mean, did you guys sort of get an answer? Because, because I, I was saying earlier on that that I went to go visit a cousin of mine and a husband who lost their 21-year-old child. Um, what answer did you guys get from God um, in terms of this? Maybe yeah. you haven't gotten one yet, but, 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 but how have you been able to keep, you know, to keep strong or even just uh, to be able to talk about it? Look, I think um, definitely talking about it um, really does help, you know, talking to the right people. We had to go for counseling. We had to sit down with our pastors and we had to be counseled over a period of time. And um, because, they, you know, it was just really traumatic. And 
we we didn't we didn't get any answer and we, we couldn't find an explanation for this and up until now we don't have an explanation yeah. and i think it's one of those things that when i do meet god it will be the first question that i ask yeah. if i can put it that way because but what i can say is from what i've of, of being told and what I, my mind makes sense out of it is that there's certain things that are beyond my understanding. Yeah. And if I wasn't a spiritual person, I don't know how I would be able to deal with this because my faith has been the only thing that has kept me, um, it kept me strong, knowing that all things work out for the good to those that love the Lord, even Amen. though I may not understand it, and even though it may, it, it, it may feel like no, but this is a lie. Like this doesn't make any sense. Why should I trust in that? So I have to just literally, up until now, just believe that God understands why He did it. I don't understand it. My wife doesn't understand it. Nobody understands why mm-hmm. this baby was taken away from us. But God is the only one, and we don't, we haven't gotten anything from Him. We just, we just trusting in Him that He knows why He did it. And they say that you know, certain things later on in life, it makes sense why God took you through those things. So I'm sure in His divine time. It will make sense to us, you know. Maybe he knows we were not prepared. Maybe he saw something in the future that could have happened. Maybe the baby could have been deformed or mentally, you know, disabled. Who knows what could have happened? Yeah. And God protected us from what could have happened in the future. But obviously, we don't know what the future holds for us. Yeah. So I, I, I can only just put my faith and my trust in God and and believe that um, He knows what's best, even though. It may be the most difficult thing for me to believe because it doesn't. Yeah. My my human mind doesn't make sense out of it. Yeah. But I have to literally put my faith into that place of just completely trusting in God. And I yeah. think um, it's never easy. We still battle. Yeah, you know, there's still those moments where you know we just suddenly cry. You know, you can be sitting at home. Sometimes we sit and we watch yeah. a show, and suddenly there's a child there. You know, it's yeah. so breaks our hearts to see small babies and that kind of thing. It's, it's very difficult because we love children so much. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, you um, guys have, you guys have two. You've got another two of your, you know, like, of your... Yeah. Own. Yeah. Yeah, but thank you. I mean... Thank you so much, man. Oh, Sorry, no, yeah, no, our no, time no. has just sort of run out and I wish we just had more time on the show. Should probably try and extend it to you. To two hours no, now. You, um, but you, you know what, man, really, your faith is just so inspirational. Um, Jesus is the hope of glory And I myself wouldn't, don't even know How I would have gotten through Some of the things that I've gone through You know, obviously not as traumatic as As you know, like as you've been through But really man, we'll keep on praying for you And, and all the saints should Should, you know, like Should keep on having people like you And, and Vanessa in mind So many times people think that We don't need prayers But we actually are the ones Who probably need the most prayers And, and really thank you so much For coming out with your story Pastor Farah well, Thank you for having me man Thank you Lloyd Pastor Farah, I've got uh We've got one minute, um, just 30 seconds, just to say, just to say something. Um, I think from uh, just listening to the stories, I think the uh, what gives me joy is that in the end, you know, God's glory uh, was revealed and uh, the goodness of God is seen in all the mm. testimonies that have been shared today. And uh, uh, that's just exciting. Yeah, to know absolutely. That Vanessa, is still just, good. just a quick, we've literally got like, yeah, just a few seconds. Um, you know, God is a God who doesn't want to be understood, but mm. to be lived. And I've experienced my own experiences. We must trust God. Yeah. No matter what, we don't have all the answers. Come on. And we're looking to God for the answers. But for us is just to continue trusting in Him, hoping in Him, and put all your questions to God. Because yeah. He's the only one who can answer you. 
Absolutely. Right. Do you know one thing I've learned from this? Um, uh, before we b- before we go off air, um, one thing I've learned from this is the fact that when you have the word of God on your side, that becomes your strength. Yes. Um, Ephesians chapter six verse eleven says. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, yeah, so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Uh, there's a part of it that goes, and once you have stood, remain standing. Yes. Amen. Thank you so Definitely. much to, to, to every single one of you for coming on uh, today. Positive Fire's book, um, yeah, just try and get hold of him. Faith Heal, faithhealchurch.co.za. And the book is called The Why Amazon. Do. Yeah, Amazon. Why yeah. do bad things happen to good people? Right. And then also Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Hudson's, um, Vanessa Hudson's book as well. Also um, Amazon as well. Amazon Kahari drug mule, yeah. sixteen years in a tile jail. My name is Lois Balan. Thank you so much. See you next week. The open book on cliffcentral.com.